You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to RB1, colon, a fantasy football podcast brought to you by FateTeams.com. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined, as always, by Jonathan Barnett. Jonathan, how are you? It's another great day, right? And another great day. Beautiful. It didn't rain today, which I don't know about where you are, but it, it seems to have rained probably at least every other day in Wisconsin. <laughs> it's whole summer. The bigger thing is that we all survived the eclipse. <laughs> yeah yep stayed uh stayed uh in my little cave in my uh my office and uh just didn't didn't happen to see things so you didn't see any of it i i didn't go to see oh, any of it. I, am, I am so far behind on so many things i just want to <laughs> get things done so yeah i mostly saw, saw, saw the moon later i suppose because it was that's, up at night that's i guess equally as cool <laughs> and it was dark so yeah so so basically the same thing that's i mean the the eclipse hype is it's it was overhyped so basically right. you, yeah. you played it off perfectly, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> folks. I don't know. <laughs> not, we'll, we'll, we'll act like it was a plan. It there was, it is. It was... uh, excellent. <gasps> well, we've got a loaded show today. On today's docket, we're going to get some news uh, and then have for the main bulk of things we'll be talking preseason uh, we're halfway through so we'll talk some wild preseason overreactions and then do a little bold predicting um but first let's say this because it's now finally officially official we have a twitter account and you Hi. should all go follow it uh at rb1 podcast and in fact we're doing a uh, madden 18 giveaway so if you we have the tweets pinned to the top of it but if you follow and retweet that tweet uh you'll get a chance to win and we'll be picking our winner sunday night so uh so make sure you do that go try to win yourself a free copy of madden 18 we get some swag from that too right oh yeah no no, no. Oh. no sadly <laughs> Uh, Sadly, we're the we're the easy people to get to follow our own podcast. Just watch it on the way out the door is all we get. <laughs> exactly. That's all we get. Um, all right. So the best thing, and I can tell you, the best thing to come out of the preseason so far is, is that we've discovered our new, and I shouldn't say we have discovered our new podcast mission. I have discovered what I want the <laughs> podcast mission to be, which is to get Allen Robinson a real quarterback, man. Uh, well, well, I'm sure we'll touch on this later, but Allen Robinson deserves better than Blake Bortles. And I guess now Chad Henney. So Chad Henney, that's the news today. Chad Henney starting, though they did say apparently Bortles is going to get some time with the ones. Oh, so, so we, might, we not, he, might not be out of the woods yet. Not entirely, but he's definitely the one B option at this point. Um, and it's something fantasy wise. You're not touching either of them. I don't think. No, no, you're not. Yeah. Two team or two quarterback league or something like that, maybe Henny, but I want to see more clarity. Yeah, I'm not doing it. If I'm drafting tonight, I'm I'm not touching either <laughs> at this point, right? No, no, God, no. no. 
God, no, no. I'm going nowhere near either of them. I mean, and that's why eight teams in a 10 team league or, you know, on this 20 NFL teams, it was 10 team league, double quarterback. I'd still just pick Br- Brett Hundley or something instead. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I, I, just, it's true. It's true. It's just why even bother? Um, oh well, we can tr- take that right into news. We'll start with some news. Uh, saddens me to say this because I have spoken many times on this podcast about how much I do enjoy this player uh, and how much I thought he was going to bring to the Bills. But Anquan Bolden has decided to retire from the NFL. Uh, he retired to pursue more humanitarian work, uh, saying in his statement that football has always afforded him the platform, afforded me the platform throughout my career to have a greater impact in my humanitarian work. Uh, at this time, I feel drawn to make the fight, uh, the, the larger fight for humanity rights a priority. My life's purpose is bigger than football. Um, I will remember Anquan Bolden as one of the last badasses of the NFL. I was I was doing while doing the research I was just perusing through some of some of Bolden's finer moments and the most ridiculous thing that I probably have ever seen from a football field was in 2008 when the Cardinals were playing the Jets and Bolden goes to make this catch in the end zone and just gets rocketed in the face by the Jets safety and Bolden had to get seven plates and 40 screws put into his face to like basically reconstruct it uh, and he missed two games <laughs> Two games. Yeah, <laughs> what I, the thing I think of with Bolden first is he had the most ridiculous hands, just the strongest set of hands that you've ever seen. No ball went in there and could be hit out. Right. No matter how hard he got hit, the ball was staying in his hands, and it was just amazing to watch. I mean, it's just hard to, to 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 fight that. It was a great thing to have as a quarterback. He's an amazing safety blanket because once his hands got there, he just had it. That ball's not moving. Yeah. Uh, so I think that the only thing that this does for the Bills is maybe you say, you know, there's that safety blanket's gone, which they only had him for, you know, OTAs essentially. So I don't know how much Tyrod Taylor built up any sort of need for him. Right. And Chemistry we with But I guess he functions like a tight end in some of those ways. He's always there for that first down. And the Bills at tight end just still have Charles Clay. He's- and he scored eight. I mean, he was still very productive. He scored eight touchdowns last year for the Lions in, in the kind of slot role. Um, and I was I was all excited for what he was going to be able to bring to the Bills offense. But nonetheless, he has retired. Uh, so, you know, and where does this I mean, we you, you briefly touched on this, but in a, in a less brief, but less long a middling brief amount <laughs> of words. That was well said. Um what does this do for Tyrod Taylor? Because now Tyrod Taylor, and we talked about this last on last week's episode about buying Zay Jones stock, but Tyrod Taylor is now out Sammy Watkins uh, because he was traded, out Anquan Bolden because he retires, and out Jordan Matthews because he has a crazy chest injury. And I think they're still saying they expect Jordan Matthews for week one, but they would say that, I suppose. Right. You're not going to not say that, I guess, hopefully. You know, I think if they don't have Jordan Matthews and they just add Zay Jones and and the rest of the cast is the same, then then I think Tyra Taylor just is who he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Jordan Matthews is back in there, I think he's slightly bu- bumped up. Um, he's the guy who's going to get you running yards. Um, he can throw and he can extend plays to make that long throw. He has one of the longest uh, average depth of targets, if I recall, too. Like he's one of the top five in longest, like like him and Carson Palmer. Yeah. Or right up there somewhere around like 10 or 12 yards or something crazy. Um, I, I, I don't think he falls because you've never seen him play with Anquan Bolden in an actual game. You've just 
kind of touch on it, I guess. It would have been nice to see. He would have been really interesting to see with all three of those guys and then Charles Clay just somewhere in there with the linebackers. But, uh, you know, I think he's kind of rated where he was. Yeah. I, I think I think the biggest thing for me that this does is it, it it's like time to buy Zay Jones. Like Zay Jones is yeah. – he, he's and, and we'll talk about this uh, when we get into our preseason – because um, I uh, a little a little teaser there might be touching on the Bills offense, um, <laughs> but they are but he's he's clearly going to be the guy in Buffalo, and they've already put they already clearly have a lot of faith in him and a lot of trust in him, and I'm going to be very interested to see how how his role his role develops in Buffalo. Moving on in other news, shocking to find out, but Odell Beckham is an idiot. This was this was one of the greatest finds on the internet. <laughs> if, if anyone's been following Bleacher Report or I forget who else was tweeting it out, he allowed himself first off to be videotaped doing this, just Idiot. staring into the eclipse. Just why? Just, just so great. You're just watching him staring into this ridiculously blind blending light where he's like squinting into it. And then, like, looks back at somebody's like, how long am I supposed to look at it? You're like, you're not supposed you're to not. look at it. The it's whole like, point is you're on. not supposed to. It's called the sun, you noob. Oh, I'm so oh, excited oh. for him to drop five balls in week one because he has permanent eye damage. Oh, that would be so great. It's just going to be a story if that happens. It's gonna oh, be it totally is. It's going to be, it's gonna be just like the uh, the boat cruise. It's be like, hey, remember when Odell stared directly into the sun? No wonder he dropped ten passes in the first game. <laughs> Um, and, and just remember that I had him lower than you guys, so I saw this thing. I totally <laughs> saw. If anyone's staring at if, the sun, and if anyone's there, it's, it's there. It's there. Maybe Jonathan. Jonathan knew that the eclipse was coming, and that Odell would not be able to resist just having a staring contest with the sun. Uh, yeah, I stayed indoors. I had to fight it. He just looked right <laughs> at it. So great. Oh my god! And that is that's true. It's only that's only if he plays week one. I mean, he got his ankle rocked. Uh, yeah, in the preseason game versus the Browns Monday night, which, I mean, we'll t- briefly touch on as to whether or not we think this is a dirty hit because the whole NFL world exploded with this. But my main question begs the question is, again, why play anyone of importance in the preseason? It doesn't matter. I uh, Coming from where I am here on this now, I, I disagree on this. And I'd written some stuff on other sites I won't mention. But uh, Aaron Rodgers the last several years, I found this kind of number that something if he throws less than 35 or 40 passes in the preseason, his first four games of the year, he completes less than 60 percent of his passes. He starts off way slower. Huh. And part of this, like it's the type of offense the Packers run is is um, timing mm-hmm. uh, and it's a lot of moving pieces. It's a complex system that that tends to the offense tends to get better as the season goes on. But it starts slowly especially when Rodgers threw nine passes last year in the preseason. And then the Packers had a losing record, and we were wondering what was wrong with Aaron Rodgers. And you're like, well, sometimes when you're a timing offense, it matters that you do some of these things. And I think it matters in my sense because it drives me crazy that the Packers always lose a road playoff game. <laughs> like, you could be playing yeah. at home. Yeah. You could be playing at home, and that matters. So to a degree, there's got to be a balancing point. But when people do the, like, well – what if guys get hurt in the playoff, you know, or get hurt in these preseason games? You're like, well, if they get hurt week one, does it? Right. It's the same thing. What well, do you think? They get hurt in practice. What like, do you think of three preseason games instead of four? Well, <laughs> and I have people say that it'd be interesting, but the problem is economically, it'd be terrible because it'd be stupid. Well, uh, uh, think of this: half the league will get two home games, and the other half will only get one. True. 
That's yeah, true. Uh, there's the no way the owners are going to sign yeah. off on that. They'll never sign off because you'll have to rotate who gets one home game. Right. So they won't do that. That's, nah, just, that's not happening. Did you think it was a dirty hit? No. No, and, and the clear, I, I don't like the argument to like, well, you can't hit high. Where can you go? It's like, well, anywhere between my shoulder. <laughs> There's a and, lot of real estate there. Like, <laughs> these are big guys, and they're professionals. Right. That's kind of like, I don't know. There's a lot of language in these contracts. How is anyone ever supposed to really understand that? You're like, well, you talk to the lawyers. They seem to get it. Right. Like these are professional football players. Uh, Dave Robinson, when he went into the Hall of Fame, Packers outside linebacker a couple of years back, he said, you know, put put your helmet on the ball. The ball's lower than the head. He's like Lombardi would have never allowed them to tackle the way guys tackle today. Yeah. They leave their feet. They dip their head, which means they're not actually looking at the ball carrier. But, you know, wrap them up at the waist. And that's the other thing is, you know, if you're looking at the waist, people can shoulder shake you all they want. If you look at the waist, that's where they're going. Hips don't lie. Right. Yeah. They don't, the hips just they Shakira don't. said it best. That's how, <laughs> that's how you should just live your life. In any any avenue, just the <laughs> hips don't lie. Whatever uh, whatever advice Shakira has for you, I think it's always which, it's always the right advice. That is the only advice she's ever given us. I think so. <laughs> I think we're dead on on this. She's a hundred percent so far in advice giving. Batting um, one thousand. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, if you could see it in the replay too, if Odell if Beckham's foot doesn't catch on the ground like it's not an issue. Like the hit itself wasn't what caused it. It was that the hit hit him and then his foot got kind of caught. And so it's like a little ankle roll. Um, and ultimately like all a dirty hit, getting an ankle, like right. the ankle injury wasn't from the hit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you aimed for the ankle. You bastard. <laughs> right. What? I don't. Um, so yeah. So anyways, I, I don't know. that's no, nah, I totally agree. I think, I mean, the, the fun, the worst thing was seeing how, they had the clip of him walking to the trainer with a no trainer, which confused me. So he's walking <laughs> to the training room and it just collapses. And of course, like the thing, oh. every single comment on there is like, Oh, what a prima donna hyping this one up. Oh, really drumming up the drama there. Odell. It's like, we could see him. It's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. So he's in the hallway. It's not like he did this on the field. Yes. He probably knew cameras fine, but first of all, where the hell is the trainer? This is like the whole job of your trainer is like, if you're, Star players walking back with a bum ankle. Don't let him walk on the bum ankle. <laughs> Did you see uh, there was – I can't remember who tweeted it out, but they got this one picture of Odell down, you know, like on his knees yeah. and, and down like that. And they have like Simba from Lion King. Like he's, like he's shaking the <laughs> paws on. Like got that concerned look, both paws up on him. Oh, like, no. That's, that was amazing. That's oh, beautiful. Good. That's beautiful. That's taking such a tragic moment of my childhood <laughs> and, and just throwing it into football. Which which I can I can live for I can appreciate that. Um, and one other piece of news I don't know, I mean I think it came out today Deshaun Kaiser apparently yeah roles too I thought that that's something we didn't have it in our pre uh, show notes but that's something that interesting and apparently they're trying to trade Brock Osweiler because why Love wouldn't it. you? Who's going to take that contract? No one. Do you think of a team? No, um, I mean the only team that I could think of would be the Jets, purely because the Jets just don't have a quarterback. Like there's, I mean, th- all three of the options that the Jets currently have are just won't succeed, won't be, aren't starting caliber quarterbacks, and Brock is maybe a starting caliber. No, he's not. But Brock's like the thirty third best quarterback in the league. He won some games at some point, right? But it, it does kind of show you how wins just aren't a quarterback stat. No, it's really not. <laughs> they really aren't, and so I don't know. It just 
uh, he doesn't have any confidence. It's hard. But I do like I do like the Deshaun Kaiser move. I think he's he's showing stuff in the preseason. And the biggest thing for the Browns is that with a with this draft that's coming up, because let's all assume that the Browns are going to have a top five pick. Uh, Why? <laughs> why would we make that? Why situation? would you do that? Uh, that it's good to. I think that they're making the right move by seeing give give uh, Deshaun Kaiser the reins of the franchise, have him do the entire year, see what he can do, see what kind of things he can piece together, and see whether or not you need uh, uh, to get go get yourself a quarterback next in next year's draft. Because you know it would be really nice to have a top five pick and not have to select a quarterback. Because we all know that teams who are quarterback needy will trade a their entire future uh, to get up in order to select someone who they see as a franchise. Yeah. And I always hate that call. Uh, something where it's like, like, like David Carr and Derek Carr, just compare the two of them. You said like, what's the difference? One of them spent five years building an offensive line before they got their quarterback. Right. And this is what the Browns have started to do recently. Just barely started to do is like, you didn't pick a quarterback in the first round. You waited, you got a guy who's serviceable and could maybe grow, but they went out, they, they resigned, um, with Tonio. They, they went out, they got, um, uh, Zeitler. Yep. They added uh, J.C. Treader, uh, who is the starting caliber center. They went out and paid for their offensive line. It's one of the top five paid offensive lines, and I think it's rated. You mentioned this in your article the other day. Yeah, it's like the second ranked on Pro Football Focus, which is not numbers or whatever base. It's you know, but that's a good line when you look at those those people on that line, and they have two Badgers. You can't fight that kind of power. <laughs> <laughs> the resident Wisconsin man has spoken. <laughs> I, I am a, a proud UW law school graduate. Can't fight that. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that the this year, I think the Browns have, have something. The management is smart. Like, I think for the first time in a long time, you can say that with, with mild confidence and not be ridiculed away uh, from every sports conversation ever. Uh, I think that they kind of are starting to figure out what they're doing. And, I mean... And we'll get into the preseason overreactions because we've already more or less overreacted so far. <laughs> also, they look like they've hit on Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett looks like the real deal. Um, he was just toying with uh, Trey Flowers. Is that who the Giants' right left tackle is? I think it's Trey Flowers. Yeah, I think so. Or Trey Flowers is on the Patriots. Something Flowers. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, he just he was just putting him on skis throughout the entire that entire Monday Night Football game. So. That at least is is a big plus. Eric Flowers. Eric Flowers. There you go. Uh, so that's a big plus for for Browns fans. We could talk onward about, and upward. Onward, exactly. We could talk about uh, the news forever, but instead we will be moving to uh, some preseason overreactions. Uh, the preseason's halfway through, and so we figured it was time to look over the first half and get way too wrapped up uh, in the limited good football we've seen and have some wild overreactions. So I don't know how you treated this, uh, Jonathan, but I got into the skin of the crazed, paranoid fan that just takes everything they see on screen for truth and will undoubtedly be like subtweeting every Chiefs highlight tweet wondering when Patrick Mahomes <laughs> will play. Uh, and so then I also ranked them all in a belief from – in this insane person's thought as to whether or not my sane normal fantasy bystander uh, thinks that this is a thing. So I don't know how you treated it, but that, that was kind of my thing. The way I approach this uh, was more trying to, other than the one pick that we were talking about earlier, my, my first one here, uh, I was trying to look at actual production and in terms of actual, in terms of preseason, not actual production. And taking that and comparing it to where their average draft position is right now, 
and saying like, are they falling because somebody is taking this too seriously? And kind of saying like this, this, this doesn't make sense sometimes. I like it. Uh, yeah. So the first name I had, which I did not do the ADP prediction on, it's just the fact that this guy is the guy who is on the front of NFL.com like every other day. <laughs> uh, and we talk about him like, like, like he's done something. But Mitch Trubisky. Oh. Uh, well, here's, here's the number. He's 24 of 33. He has 226 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He has a rating of 111.4. And if this were a real season game where they were actually blitzing him or disguising their coverage instead of playing the most base of base defenses because they're evaluating their defensive players rather than their system, then yeah, those would be great. But Jared Goff is 19 of 24 for 194 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions, a 114.2 rating. How do you just know that they're both not amazing? <laughs> right? Because we've already <laughs> talked about Jared Goff. This has been two weeks in a row of the, um, and I'll, I'll backtrack on this later, but the black hole that is the LA Rams. Right oh now. God. <laughs> it's just, but yeah, so he's slightly worse than Jared Goff in terms of the numbers. And so that's why the numbers here don't matter, because it is all base. Hmm. Uh, and I don't think anybody's drafting Mitch Trubisky right now. They're just trying to say he should be starting, which would make him fantasy relevant somehow suddenly. And he should not be. Um, he, he just doesn't look as lost as he maybe could have been. But um, so I agree with that. I think that m- m- the uh, the hype for Mitch, don't call me Mitch Trubisky, uh, is a little... His Twitter feed is also a dumpster fire, by the way. <laughs> go back a year or two, and he's got some just, just one thing. Which is another thing. Let's is just a message to all of you collegiate athletes who are hoping to like make it into professional sports. Search <laughs> through your Twitter and like delete your tweets because people will find whatever team you go to, they will find that one tweet where you were like, man, Tom Brady's a dick. And you're going to the well, Patriots. The one where he's talking about how, how the Packers look great. Man, right. that's a wonderful organization. It's like it they will always find the tweet that is somehow against the team that you went to. And so clear your tweeter. Clear it. Clear he's, it. Just start a new account as soon as you get drafted. Like a 17-year-old with a computer is <laughs> right. like, what it looks like. Um, so, yeah. All right. My <laughs> first one is uh, on, like I said, like I mentioned before, it's on the Bills offense. But it's per- primarily constructed around Tyrod Taylor. Um, and so Tyra Taylor has not had a phenomenal preseason. His preseason has kind of looked pretty poor in the last game, uh, against the Eagles. Uh, he had, he was on the field for six drives. Three of those went for finished with punts. One finished with the field goal and two finished with, uh, two ugly picks. One was a deflection at his own 10. Uh, and the other one was an underthrown pass to Anquan Bolden, RIP, um, who I watched that highlight. I can understand why Anquan Bolden retired. Dude looked slow. I love him. He looked slow. Uh, but that ball was picked by Ronald Darby. He went 8 for 18 uh, with just 2.9 yards per attempt and a passer rating that even Blake Bortles would be sickened by 12. Literally 12. Um, he has no Bolden, no Matthews, just some Zay Jones and Clay Charles and a lot of LaShawn McCoy. So... The, the crazy, paranoid conspiracy fan is, like, watching this and is just like, sell Tyrod, sell, sell, sell. Uh, there's no reason to have him. Now, the same level, the same person in me has is, is looked at the preseason and what I've seen, and my level of belief is, is there's some creepy whispers in the back of my mind telling me that I should maybe reconsider where I have Ty God in my, in my rankings of quarterbacks. I, 
can't now rely upon him to be my starting quarterback that I was actually, that was kind of my draft strategy going in in one of my leagues was I was going to be like, I'm just going to take Tyrod Taylor in the 10th round or the 12th round and just roll with that. I, we've talked, we talked about this at the opening of the show. Uh, I do think that Tyrod is still, he's still going to have a good NFL season. He's still going to have a good fantasy season. I do think that he, because of what he offers on via his legs, He's still going to get you points uh, when you need them. I just, there's small whisperings in the back of my mind anytime I'm going to pick him that maybe he's not going to be as great as we all expect, but I'm more or less ignoring what the preseason has put together so far for him. Yeah, I, I don't think that Tyrod Taylor's the sort of guy who you're looking through your preseason trying to get, trying to pick out numbers and stuff like that. He's he's kind of random in, in so many ways in that he is, his offense runs so much on broken plays that, I mean, I don't know what you're going to do there. And part of that is just going to be what the defense is doing. They're just going to sit in this base and, you know, and the offense isn't going to run anything specifically for this. I right. think they know what they have in him. I think they're just playing very vanilla for him right now and telling him to not run because they don't want him hurt because they need him. Right. He'll run when it counts. Yep. Oh, yeah, exactly. I'll, I'm going to stay with Buffalo, actually. There's one thing I noticed, and it's not a giant overreaction, but – um, LaShawn McCoy was starting most ranks in most places, somewhere around like RB five or RB six, somewhere in there. He's going as RB three. Yeah. In some cases like two. Yeah. And you're like, I get that Ezekiel Elliott fell out of the way, but he's, he's jumping so many players. You're kind of like, it's just, it, it, I don't know on that. That just seems really high. He's been around a long time. He's got a lot of carries. Um, he's getting to the point where I'm not comfortable picking. If I have the third pick or fourth pick, I don't want LaShawn McCoy in that spot because I don't, I just don't trust it. And yeah, the fact that he's going now as, as RB three on that team, I don't know. I, I, I think that it, it helps that he's got a running quarterback and that tends to help a lot of running backs because it opens up things and they can do a lot more stuff there. But no, he's going ahead of Devontae Freeman. Right, for that one, that one's crazy to me. I was just re-looking over my rankings and, and kind of where I've have everyone in my my own mind, and I definitely think I definitely have Devonta Freeman moving up and over uh, Lashawn McCoy because I agree with you. I agree with you. Like I think he is going to have a very strong season. I think he's going to be obviously the thing that makes the Buffalo offense move. But again, like I also think that there are running backs out there who are going to do more for you than maybe LaShawn McCoy. And let's not forget also, like you were mentioned, I mean, LaShawn McCoy is not only getting up there and has a lot of mileage on him. He also has had injuries in the last few seasons kind of shortened or not necessarily shortened, but he's missed games due to injury. Um, that's how we figured out that Mike Gillisley was amazing and how Jonathan Williams came and how Carlos Williams came. I mean, it's how a lot of these bills backup bills, running backs suddenly uh, came into notoriety. But he's getting five point three a carry. No, that's <laughs> that's where he is in the preseason. But it's four it's carries, one yards. Yeah, four carries. So four. Carries. It is four carries, literally for twenty-one yards this preseason. And so that he's got has everyone time. freaking out. God damn it, people, calm down. They move him up a lot, but why is he moving up at all? Right. I don't. Uh, speaking of someone who should be moving way up, Cooper Cup, man. Ah, oh, the real <laughs> deal. <laughs> Two preseason games. He's got eight catches, 105 yards, a touchdown. Had six, 70, had six catches for 70 yards and a TD last week. Clearly, he's Jared Goff's favorite target who 
by the way, looks like a legit starting quarterback. Going to be <laughs> the guy in LA because Sammy's injury prone and Tavon Austin is Tavon Austin. Keep by the cup hype and draft him. I, this was this was one of my my big calls at the end of my yeah. my article. This was one of the guys I looked and I hemmed and hot on this, but I was just going to go with it. Okay, um, so I'm looking at this. He's going now. ADP is like 127. He is wide receiver 37. Tavon Austin's wide receiver 35. Why is that a thing? He could be. I mean, seriously, he could be a legit flex. Yeah. No question. I think, especially if you're PPR, I'd love him in the PPR because. He's not particularly fast, but you don't want a fast guy because we have mentioned Jared Goff is a dumpster fire <laughs> who can't throw deep that well. So you want a guy, you need a safety blanket guy. He's a 46240 at yeah. the combine, right? Um, but he's got great hands. He's got really good hands. He can catch the ball. He's shown that. And he's a great route runner. So you've got a young quarterback who's not particularly great at a lot of things, but if you have a guy who will always be where you expect him. That yeah. he will always be where you expect him and likely be open by a yard. That's, yes. That changes things for me. That's what switched me on him. I'm yep. dead on with you on this one. Yep. He could be, he could, in my mind, easily have 60 plus receptions for 800, 900 yards. And I don't know his touchdowns, but give him, eh, give him seven touchdowns. Right. Maybe touchdowns were lukewarm on, but the catches, I think the receptions and the targets are going to be there for him because, again, like who else? I mean, yes, if Sammy Watkins. Tyler. Tyler no. There it is. The only person other else in the dumpster fire of the Rams that you want to t- take any risk on. I, I think the thing is just people are sleeping. He's from eastern Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, he ran slow. He actually had a really good shuttle time. Um, his cone drill is not terrible, but his shuttle is one of the more – elite at there he's got yeah. quick feet he can do things he can cut he can he can make those plays i just like him as a safety blanket for the guys who can do this and they you know, other than wide receiver I, i'm trying to think even lance kendricks is gone uh I'm trying to think even who even else they have right now robert Catch- woods yeah yeah robert woods because they are collecting former bills I mean, it's just, it's something where you were saying, like, if he's, what, the 38th wide receiver going off the boards, like, why would you not throw a 13, 14th round pick at him and just see what happens? Just see. I think tight end is now becoming, like, I'm going to name my children after tight end. <laughs> just looking at the Rams' uh, tight end list. Of course, Tyler Higby, who we just thought, we just mentioned. Right. And last week we were talking about, like, he's a field stretcher. He's maybe not a goal line guy. He's a thin body. He was a converted wide receiver to a tight end. Their backup is Gerald Everett, but their third string right now, Tamarick Hemingway. Oh my God. That is an amazing and name. Him and Bucky Hodges need their own podcast. And Oh, I just want to say very hard. Now you brought up Bucky Hodges. Let's all point out that when we talked about Bucky Hodges against the Seahawks, he then scores a touchdown on like a 30 yard bomb. So you're welcome, Bucky. Let's make him the, he's the official tight end, backup tight end of the RB1 <laughs> fantasy podcast. There it is. There it is, Bucky. Just, you are honored. Uh, I hope you put that on your Twitter bio. Clearly my favorite Viking at this moment. Oh, just, clear. Say just say that. And that's coming from a Packers fan, so that's a big deal. Because most of them are not high on my list, but that's fine. All right. What's your, uh, what's your second overreaction? Oh, we're going kind of a different way here. Um, LaShawn was my second overreaction. We're, so we're going this other one here. I have 
a couple quarterbacks I can mention, and they, they fall kind of in that same category. So I'm going to bring them up together just okay. as, as my, my third and fourth here. Kirk Cousins and Andy Dalton. Now, Andy Dalton is obviously kind of a pariah of fantasy sports, I think, at, at this point. He hasn't been necessarily stable, but he's, he generally gets you good numbers. But sometimes he just has that one game that kills your week. Um, but he's go- they're just going lower than they should. Kirk Cousins, I think it's that you watch two receivers leave. They, they had um, both Pierre Garçon and uh, you know Djax, Deshaun Jackson, they both went off to other teams, which, by the way, is their third team for both of them. So they're both going right. into third contracts. So that you can understand letting them go. Um, but he's still there. He's still he spreads the ball around a lot. He's not receiver dependent. He's got a bunch of different running backs, a couple of whom are, are okay with the ball. But he's still got uh, Jameson Crowder. Uh, Josh Doxson is back who he spent a lot of time injured last year. We don't know a lot about him, which I, I understand that scares people a bit, but the, um, this my boy not, Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor is there. Oh, yes. So you're like, those are three guys who are at least stable enough to work with a good quarterback who, by the way, is like we mentioned with Adrian Peterson. This is the man who's going to be fueled by pure anger throughout this season. And then next year we will all watch him play for the San Francisco 49ers. Because In Kyle Shanahan's offense, which is going to be amazing. Right. Um, he's already collecting his former wide receivers. Pierre Garçon's over there. Um, Kirk Cousins in Yahoo is, is going right now as the QB 11 in the ADP and QB 9 on ESPN. You're putting him as the low-end uh, QB 1. I, I don't think he's the best, but he should be somewhere in your – I think most ranks probably should have him somewhere in the 4 or 5. Just in my mind, and I can't remember where I had him, but it's going to be in that area, that second-tier quarterbacks or lower-end tier 1. I think he's at the top of tier two, generally speaking. And I think people are looking at this. He's 13 of 25 for 149 yards, a touchdown and no interceptions. Mm-hmm. It's not amazing. He's at like 90.2 quarterback right now through the preseason. And there was some concern because they didn't look particularly good against the Packers this week. And he had to stay in for the whole first half to get that touchdown. Um, and I think there's some concern there that they're saying. I think some people are sleeping on the fact of how injured the Packers defense was last year in the cornerbacks. Uh, there was a point last year where it was, it was uh, Ladarius Gunter and uh, Goodson, uh, Demetri Goodson playing back there. That's the fourth and fifth cornerbacks were starting for the Packers midpoint last season. And I think against the Washington at that time too, it, they were remarkably hurt. They drafted another cornerback. They went on and got Devon House back in the order. So I think it's overreacting to, to last year's rankings on those defenses and the numbers being slightly down here. I think Kirk, Kirk, not Kurt Cousins, is going to be fine. Um, I have him in a couple leagues because I have specifically waited on quarterback. Yeah. And yeah. A couple of my leagues. I think I have him in three leagues now because I've specifically said uh, receiver. I want real receiver. I want to get one RB1. Just one guy who can play RB and then wait on that RB2 because I don't care about the back, the second guy as much. And then I've waited on quarterback and I've still been able to get Kirk Cousins in, in like the fifth round. He's a perfect, he's a perfect too late. Yeah, he's a yeah, perfect he's a weight perfect candidate weight. for me. Um, Andy Dalton's going way lower, too. And, and that's fair because he does. He is a he throws the soul crushing plays. <laughs> you know, he makes the plays that just do hurt just you destroys and it's always at the worst time for your team physical pain accompanies these plays uh, and they're usually in the biggest games too like at the end of the year when it's like oh they really need this because they're going to win the division no they're not they're going to be a wild card again because 
in your fantasy playoffs, he threw three picks or something. Um, and actually, his number seven been good in the preseason. He's 11 of 18, 136 yards, no touchdowns in a pick. That's good for a 61.3 rating. Yuck. He is going in Yahoo is going 16th among quarterbacks and ESPN is going 19th. And again, if you're doing a standard 10 team league, you're not picking him uh, unless you really want to have a second quarterback, which I don't know why you necessarily do that unless you get a lot of bench space. But I think you should go higher than that. I think it's the overreaction. And I think it's also the general angst towards Andy Dalton. I think they're both in that same kind of category that there's just some concern. Plus Andy Dalton added tools this year. Right. Right. Added, I mean, well, he didn't add them. People <laughs> gave them to him. It was Christmas. It was not his job. You know, like his presence arrived gift wrap for Andy Dalton with, um, another fast receiver to go opposite. He's got Ross on the other side from AJ green. AJ green could be healthy this year again. Hopefully they have, they still have the two running backs they had, plus added Joe Mixon to the mix of this. Who um, Joe Mixon looks Mixon. legit. Yeah, he's been. I think he's been a little lower than what people were hoping. They thought he. I think he people would come were in and just destroy the league. I think there's also been a little underreaction on him in that he seems to be going way lower, like as an RB three almost, and probably just because it's a low. It's it's a crowded backfield. I think they're concerned as to what's going to happen, who's carrying what. Yep. Um, Yep, I agree with that. Uh, well, we could stick in the running back position because the insane fan and everyone who watches the preseason and gets way too excited about things watched the uh, watched Alvin Kamara just run all over the Chargers and just decided who needs Mark Ingram and Adrian Peterson. It's Alvin Kamara time in New Orleans. The Saints' first play, 50-yard touchdown. Added a 20-yard reception later. Less than one corner of work. He compiles 81 scrimmages yards on six touches. What? Oh, yeah, buddy. It's a, There's a reason the Saints drafted him, and he's fitting the bill. So get AP out of there and only get Ingram if he comes get for free when you buy Michael Thomas. That's the way I'm treating it. Now, <laughs> let's reiterate that this is the insane fan the sane fan the me the pete rogers who actually has a uh, a conscious mind this person's blocked this is the dumbest the dumbest the dumbest take <laughs> that anyone could construct uh it's also the guy who ranked adrian peterson 60th yeah buddy love okay. me some ap right. <laughs> uh, of course that's totally sane um but yeah, this is this is the kind of dub tweet that someone would send, thinking that because AP and Ingram didn't play and Kamara looked amazing, that it's all Kamara. Will he have a bigger role in New Orleans? Maybe. I mean, he's he has shown that he can do things, but I have I have a hard time believing that the Saints are going to have a rookie leapfrog someone a running back who they've invested in a lot of money in, and not only a running back, the best running back of our generation. I I just have a hard time thinking that they're going to really take t- t- carries away from Adrian Peterson and Mark Ingram and distribute them to Kamara unless, you know, halfway through the season, one of those two are, are really not living up to the billing. Well, you know, because you've, you've read it, uh, Adrian Peterson's one of my my bold predictions. So, Are we just doing a perfect segue? Yeah, unless we want to just roll right into that at this point. Let's do it. Uh, roll into do, it. My role is Adrian Peterson's done. Oh, uh, crushing me here. Right. No, I, yeah. I'm I'm done with it. I'm not going to own him on any team. Um, this is not the lead of my my bold <laughs> predictions either. Um, 
So the, the the stats on this are, are pretty sad. I mean, he started that one year when he came back from the suspension where he lost that full year. And again, like we said, he played with anger. He just played angry. He was really mad about everything and everybody. And he hated the Vikings for letting it happen to him. He came back. He had a ridiculous uh, start to that season. It was it was huge. Uh, I'm trying to see where he, he started. I can't remember his total numbers. But he had like 960 yards in nine games. 961 yards in nine games to start that season. By the way, the 10th leading rusher in the NFL that year was D'Angelo Williams, who had 907. Oh, my God. His first nine games were better than D'Angelo Williams' full season. His his first nine games would have made him the 10th leading rusher in the league, or his ninth because he was one, technically. So he would have been the ninth leading rusher in the NFL. From there on, kind of the fact that he got hurt, he played a couple games to start the next year and then got hurt. He played 10 games. In those 10 games, he's averaging 59.6 yards per game. 3.53 3.53 yards per carry. Um, those numbers, by the way, are very comparable to Jarek McKinnon. Ugh. He behind the which is important because it's behind this the exact same line. Right. It's not some guy behind a better line or a worse line. It's the same line. He's not that same guy anymore. He had a year off where he did not have to play football. He came back was a monster for nine games, and then was a just low level player from there. And now I think he only had, he had two 100 plus yard games in those 10. Yuck. Um, that's, yeah. That's so hard to I, hear. I, I don't like his numbers. He didn't cross 70 yards in the other eight games. He didn't get to 70 in any of those other eight games. They're, they're not good numbers. He's been on a streak now of, I mean, it's a trend at this point. It's right. not a fluke. It's a trend that his numbers are down. And remember how long he had to shop himself. If you have to shop Adrian Peterson that long in an offseason to, you know, the Seahawks weren't interested, but still gave money to Eddie Lacy. Oh, God. So we can recall that this was a hard sell. This was not a good thing. I'm done with AP. I don't want him this year. There it is. Bold prediction from Jonathan. Um yeah, so quickly, I mean, we had just a beautiful segue into it, so I couldn't even interrupt to, to give a little back around, because it was just so nice. I mean, it was just effortless. Um, so, yeah, so we're, gonna, we're doing this segment because we're writing this whole week. We've been writing up our bold predictions all week, and we figured we'd share a few uh, just to wrap up the episode. So make sure to check out, and we'll just, I mean, I just have one. I'll just be given one of mine. Um, and, Jonathan, I don't know if you'll be throwing in another one, but make sure to check out both of our both of our. Uh, full predictions are up on faketeams.com, so make sure you go check that check them out um, after this. One of my bolder ones uh, was the fact that Jay Cutler isn't going to suck this year, uh, which I know everyone doesn't believe because can Jay Cutler utterly be infuriating when you watch him play football? Of course. And, you know, obviously he, people don't really like the fact that he has this I don't really care about anything attitude, um, but he can throw a deep ball better than Ryan Tannehill, so there's a plus in my book there. Uh, the biggest thing for me that has me thinking that Cutler's not going to be as bad as people think is the fact that he obviously has already worked with Gase in the year that he that Gase was the offensive coordinator for the Bears. Cutler had his best quarterback rating, uh, 92.3. Uh, he had his second-best completion percentage, 64.4, and had his second-best interception percentage, 2.3. Um, so he has had, statistically, some of his best seasons statistically one of his best seasons under Gase's offense. Uh, and you you can also argue he's in one of the more talented offenses that he has played in. 
you've got Jarvis Landry, you've got Devontae Parker, and you've got Kenny Stills. All three is a rece- receiving corp that's pretty uh, pretty flushed, as well as you got JHI in the backfield and a pretty solid offensive line in front of you. Um, so I, I think that my bold prediction was that Jay Cutler was going to be a top 20 quarterback in fantasy, which... Uh, which yeah, I'll stick by that. Sure, why not? But I, I, I was fifteen. You know you want to. I know I wanted top. I wanted fifteen. I wanted fifteen badly. But then I forget who I saw. There was some name I saw at fifteen in my rankings. And I was like, oh, do I really think Jay Cutler is going to be better than? And I want to say it was like, God, it might have been. Oh, it was maybe like Ben Roethlisberger or 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 uh, Philip Rivers. And I was just like, oh, I don't know if I can comfortably say that Jay Cutler is going to be better than Philip Rivers. Yeah, not Phil Brewers. Maybe Ben. Maybe Ben Roethlisberger. I'm very though. low on Ben Roethlisberger, so I, I mean, I could, I could say that. I think he's getting drafted somewhere close to right, though. He's not going in the top ten. He's right. Thank he's God. Not. But um, the one other one I, I will go into for my my picks, though, is Perfect. is the one that was the the headline of my my thing here because uh, was Leonard Fournette, and I'm not, I'm not sold on Leonard Fournette. Uh, I just, I, I don't like his numbers in college. I, he played Wisconsin last year. He had a, a nice game, like 23 carries, I think for, I think it was 23 carries for like 137 yard, 138 yards, 23 for 138, no touchdowns. I, I went through and did some of this looking and I went back through like the last two years he played his, was his sophomore and junior years. And this kind of compared them to like, what was the level of competition he was actually playing? He played six games. Well, let's see. He played 19 total games in those two years because he did have some injury in there. Uh, he played six games against teams in the top 50. Uh, in those games, he averaged roughly 20 carries, 88 yards, and half a touchdown. Uh, so he's like, okay. I mean, I keep, four, four or I, five a carry. I keep making all these faces and realizing yeah, I, that this is a podcast and no one knows what my face is. <laughs> I, I can see it, and that's about it. So I'm, I'm looking and reacting. But he had nine games against teams, overall defense, not rush defense, but overall defense between 50 and 100. Ugh. What, 128 uh, college teams? In those games, he averaged 23 and a half carries for 155 yards and 1.7 touchdowns. I'm like, well, those are really nice numbers. The defenses are 50 through 100. There is no 50th NFL defense. Uh, <laughs> He did also play four games against teams ranked worse than 100 in oh the nation. God, um, he had three 200-yard games in those four. Uh, t- he averaged 24.8 yard or 24.8 carries, 219 yards a game. <laughs> um, he had, I'm trying to think. He only had three total rushing touchdowns against top 50 defenses in those last two years and that's six games three touchdowns he he has he's been playing on good teams he's played a lot of lower level competition you think sec it's all been great but he's also been playing you know eastern michigan uh western kentucky and, and at a time when arkansas was the 58th ranked defense old miss was 54 texas a&m was 51 they played a bowl game where he had four touchdowns 212 yards against texas tech which was the 126th ranked defense that year so it's I, I just i'm not sold on the numbers and i just i don't buy it and also just i don't believe anything about these jaguars right 
That's their the offensive line thing. was ranked 13th by Pro Football Focus, which again is not science. It's just it's a ranking. But that was when they still had Alberts. And then he Alberts. weirdly retired <laughs> slash came back slash got released. Yeah, he's just so it's like they didn't get better. He was the guy they were going to start. Right. Uh, it, it's a middling offensive line. It's it's got some interesting wide receivers and nobody who can find a way to get them the ball. And everyone's going to expect that they're running with Fournette. And I love that he has the need to tell us how how easy, easy the, the NFL is. Oh God! <laughs> so um, I don't believe in him at all. I I think he's. I try to remember where he's going in his average draft, but I it I think he's going as like an RB one. He's going yeah, he's going early. Right? I mean, he's like seven. Uh, he might like be. Seven, he's definitely he's top ten. I mean, he, a lot of people. I've seen him a lot as a very popular pick at the end of the second round, going back on that snake. Yeah, I think what I would do is I would really focus on receivers and keep him as an RB two. Yeah. And just I'm just not going to have him because I'm nobody's going to do that. People are going to pick him as an RB one in the back half of that second, like you said, if they've already gone wide receiver early. Like say they're. They're towards the front end, and they end up with Antonio Brown. Right. And they're like, and I need an RB1. And right. they go out and get they're, him and then pass on McCaffrey to do it, of course. And and I don't know that he's – I just don't see it. I, I guess maybe at that point he's got value as being that part of the running back class. But I'm not drafting him in the second round. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm going to miss him. I'm not going to have him. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I think I think the biggest thing that Fournette has that no other running back in the class has is just the fact that it is his backfield. Like Dalvin Cook is going to be working with uh, Latavius Murray. And that being said, I think Latavius Murray's role is going to be a, back up. Right, right. I think Latavius Murray's role is going to be a lot smaller than he initially expected. And, uh, and Christian McCaffrey is going to be working with Jonathan Stewart, who I think is going to have a bigger role than most people are expecting. I think a lot of people are thinking that the torch is just going to be passed to Christian McCaffrey, who has looked amazing in preseason. Uh, but I don't think you should be sleeping on Jonathan Stewart. Fair enough. Fair enough. Excellent. Too, I think, at least. No, I agree. He's in there, yeah. Um, beautiful. Well, we have concluded a, another stellar podcast, if we do say so ourselves. Uh, we are... We did, we do that. Uh, make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes uh, and rate us. Give us five stars if you found this podcast to be as life changing as the solar eclipse. Uh, three stars if you think Letter Fournette will be just that. Three stars, um, and one star if you were that paranoid fan that I just spent most of the podcast mocking. So sorry. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they're with Mitch Trubisky on their starting. <laughs> exactly, the, they're drafting Trubisky first overall. All inch, Mitch. Yeah. Make sure to follow us uh, again on Twitter at RB One Podcast. We're doing a Madden eighteen giveaway, so you'll see the tweet at the top. Make sure to retweet and follow for a chance to win. Uh, go follow Jonathan at jbarn fifty four. Myself at Pete M Rogers. Uh, and you've been listening to RB One Colon a Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by FateTeams.com. I am your host. Peter Rogers, joined as always by Jonathan Barnett. Jonathan, until next week. Until next week.